welcome back to What Now Jesus. I'm Father Kyle Schnippel. I'm a priest from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. With me again this week is my friend. Father David Dosick. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing pretty good this week. I'm telling you, a little tired. Had a lot of sacramental experience this weekend. And then the, uh, the shift over of the end of the liturgical year into the beginning of a new liturgical year. So yeah, you got to reshift all the books and all that. Yep. Oh and my gosh! Did, oh, did it go away again? Oh no! What happened? Are we still recording? Are you recording? Because I'm recording. Okay. <laughs> all right. I lost the screen for a second. I'm like, oh, but we're still recording. Okay. So you there had to. Switch there you all go the again. Trying to be a multitasker. I love no. it. I love it. I know. <laughs> it's terrible. I wanted to increase my input volume a little bit on my computer. Oh, that looks better. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So the sound, the, I'm switching settings midstream, which is never a good idea. It's going to be all over the place, but oh, well. We live. So we live. happy Feast of Christ the King, the end of the church year. Right. Viva Cristo Rey. Yeah. Anything, uh... Yeah, I, I, we had a busy weekend here too. I think we had everything happening at the parish today. We had five baptisms. Great. We had a Thanksgiving dinner giveaway. We had a, a talk by a speaker that we brought in to do uh, to do a talk for our young people. So I'm a uh, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty zonked as well. Nice. Seems yeah. like a good day in the life of the priest, huh? Yeah, it was. Luckily, the deacon did the baptism. <laughs> One of the deacons did the baptisms. So, oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, Christ hmm. the King. What do you want to say about that, Father Kyle? Christ the I, King. Uh, I think just in the, just that call out that he's a king unlike any other. You know, he's he's a king that um, king his 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 kingship is from the cross. And invites us into that experience of giving himself, you know, and how we meet him at the cross. And I think that that's where we ultimately find life in his name. So I don't know. That's where I preached. So, okay. <laughs> Is that what came out? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I was pretty what's happy your, with it. <laughs> what's your thoughts about going to the gospel of John with Pilate and Jesus and the exchange there? Like I th- out of everything that we've been reading, uh, this this whole year, and then all of a sudden, bloop! I'm just gonna John. put that there. <laughs> yeah, I was. I mean, I love that conversation. It's such a vibrant conversation. It's so great to pray with. Um, but it was also like, well, this is different from what we've been doing in the last few weeks. So, oh well. What's your what's your um, what's your take on the Lord saying, "My kingdom is not here." Hmm. Because so many people, even Catholics, are tied up with politics on this day of Christ the King. Yeah. Who is the king of all rulers, as the book of Revelation says, the faithful witness, the Alpha and the Omega. Um, Any thoughts that you have? I mean, advice for people that are wrapped up in politics and what's going on and how Christ the King? Wait a second. I thought in 1776, as Americans, we no longer have kings. <laughs> we no longer we we don't have an earthly king. We have a. I mean, he is an earthly king, but his kingdom is so different than anything else that we experience. You know. Yeah. And and what I I it, 
as I was preaching this morning or yesterday, preaching this weekend, it struck me when Sam, when the people come to Samuel in the Old Testament and they're like, we want a king to be like everybody else. And his response is, he's going to take your sons for his army. He's going to tax all your produce, Mm -hmm. all these other things. You're going to lose these freedoms that you have when God is your king. Mm -hmm. And they do. Um, But in Jesus, we get those freedoms back, I thought. And, and, that to make him the more and more and more the Lord of my life, the the greater freedom I have, you know. And so, yeah, his kingdom is his kingdom is not of this world because it's not a brick and mortar kingdom. Even though we have brick and mortar churches, his kingdom is, and it's more than just that spiritual kingdom in our hearts. I think it's it's that sense of it's those little glimpses of heaven that we can experience and sometimes not even so little glimpses, but it's those experiences of heaven that we can have that, uh, keep us oriented towards our kinship with Christ Jesus. I think, mm-hmm. I think that's where, what about you? Where, how do you, you ask the question? So do you have any good profound answers on that question? How is Jesus's kingship different? Not of this world. Well, in the scriptures, we're revealed that his, his kingdom is that of his church. Yeah. And so he's established a kingdom, and we have this dual citizenship that while we're in the world, we're not of the world. <clears throat> By virtue yeah. of our baptism and faith, we live in the world, but we live differently than everything in the world. <clears throat> and everything finds its purpose and meaning and yeah. service to the greater good, which is to be united to Jesus Christ. And then yeah. you have, at least in the Eucharistic prayers, um, your pilgrim church on earth. It's like, well, why do we have to designate on earth? Because there's because, a church in heaven, triumphant. And, and there's and a, a church, church in purgatory. Suffering. Yeah, exactly. Which we mentioned in the Eucharistic prayer, right? Remember those who have died in the hope of resurrection, and then we go on to Mary, Joseph, the apostles, the saints, yep. the church triumphant. Mm-hmm. And so there it is, is, if you will, the Eucharistic prayer itself is a kingdom prayer. <laughs> yeah. There it is. And then just thinking about how the Lord Jesus taught us to pray, you know, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. Wait a second. His will's being done in heaven? Well, how that can only happen if there's actually someone in heaven to do the will (laughs) (laughs) that would be us and then someone on earth too who has committed their life to christ and now is entrusted with that gift of following his will on earth Mm -hmm. as it is in heaven so that we look to the saints and the angels to guide us in how to uh, conform our wills to christ yeah um i just that's just where it's at is like when the kingdom is not here in so many ways, you know, we want to go to despair in today's world with politics or church yeah. and different things going on. And maybe it's it's just simply to remind ourselves of the, the gracious words of our Lord, you know, that he's here, you know, and he'll be with us until the end of the age. Amen. Um, and Amen. that's. That's just it, is just trying to remind myself. And my mind is always, when I was stationed in Piqua at St. Boniface, 
uh, uh, Father Fox had just recently done the church and re, re kind of finished right. everything. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he did with the people was choose some saints up around the the tabernacle. Yeah. Uh, kind of on a rare dose in the back wall. And one of them was a Blessed Miguel Pro. Mm, and, yeah. and just the Vivo Cristo Rey uh, that Love he it. said on his last day. And then Jose Sanchez del Rio was there as well. Young person. And, yep. and it's just it's just their faithfulness to Christ the King during the Cristeros Wars and the persecution not too long ago um, in Mexico. Uh, yeah. And I just sit there That's and I just 100 go, years. Well, I just sit there and I go, yeah, I, I kind of get the feeling that we might be there sooner than later. And that's not despair. That's actually to say, God sent us these saints to give us a, a, an image of what it would look like to follow his will and to be faithful in the midst of whatever storms might be coming and mm-hmm. to help our brothers and sisters, even, even at the risk of our own. Um, just things like that, just pondering, you know, if Christ really is king, uh, then, I mean, if he's king, then there's so many things that just connect to it. Yeah. Because yeah. at least in my opinion, it's either you're king or you're not king. You know what I mean? It's not like, <laughs> it's not like, I don't, I don't know, they, yeah. like the kingdom, it's kind of like, oh, well, uh, you know, I'll follow the general, I'll, I'll follow the secretary to the king. Yeah, you know, you, no. you follow the king and the secretary is with you or against you. Yeah. Um, and his kingship, yeah. I, I think what I what struck me here at St. Peter's is where I was this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the cross, the crucifix in our sanctuary is so massive and so dominating. It strikes me that his kingship is verified by his passion, his death, his resurrection. All the other words that he said, all the other miracles that he did, the good example that he is, you know, you hear people talk about, none of that matters without this, without the passion, death, and resurrection, you know, which the conversation, so the conversation we had in the gospel today was leading up to that mm-hmm. between Pilate and Jesus is Jesus mm-hmm. testifies to the truth. We cut off, I, sometimes the, the, the lectionary makes me scratch my head in frustration because it's like they cut off because it's Pilate's response, quid est veritas, what is truth? Yep. You know, and that, that could have been such a great, you know, the Jesus is the truth, not what mm-hmm. is the truth, but who. Um, and, and I think where I went just with that cross, how when we embrace the cross and when we, that's how we come to know Jesus better. You know, that's we. I think that's the cross is the time when we stop talking about Jesus and we start talking to Him. When we when we experience the cross, when I experience the cross, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is like a king is only a king because of his subjects as well. Yeah. So one of the things is, is like, okay, make Jesus king of your heart. It's not a general invitation. You know, it's not a shutterfly <laughs> card you're going to get. Uh, you might get around these. Look at you, shutterfly seasons. Yeah, but it's it's what it is is his kingdom is exactly that. It, like he goes and reigns for you. Mm-hmm. He and that's where we find he dies. Yeah, yeah. And that his crown of thorns, his 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 nails in his hand, the pierced side. That is mm-hmm. all what a king does for whom he loves and the nation yeah. that he wants to. Yeah. And so we're that royal people yeah. by our baptism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so 
don't know, sometimes what, like the, I think it was Pope Leo said, you know, Christian, recognize your dignity. And it was just like, sure, mm, that's something. Just to really think like we are royal people. We do follow a king above all the rulers on this earth. And that this kingdom that we serve is not of this world, but Mm -hmm. the next. That's promised to us if we're faithful here below. It gives life meaning and direction, I think. So I warned you before we started recording that I had bacon uh, coming up to temp in the oven. Ready? It's ready. So I'm going to end the train right at the same time. So I'm going to hit pause. We'll be right back. Hello. The bacon is safe and uh, hopefully this will come out. Yeah. (laughs) And the train is gone. Yeah, absolutely. There'll be one in about a half hour. So it'll be good. Every half hour, there's the train. (laughs) What were we talking about before I was interrupted by bacon? Uh, We were kind of ending Christ the King. Okay. I think we've, we've, uh, we've done our task. It's up to the, it's up to those listening to really make Jesus their king. Their king. Exactly. And if we don't give a good example of that, how, how will they ever do that? Well, maybe a poor example, and then they turn to the Lord more as like someone who actually knows what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> but we transition from Christ the King into Advent. Like, don't forget weekend. the all important American feast day. So, okay, true story. <laughs> Everyone asked me, like, Father, what's your favorite holiday? Oh, yeah. I'm like, Thanksgiving. Hmm? Yeah. I'm like, Thanksgiving. I don't have to work and I get to eat all day. Ah, yeah. <laughs> don't have to work extra whatever so i have to think yeah what's my favorite day probably my birthday <laughs> <laughs> that's it. nice yep. that's nice. true uh yeah. yeah that's probably true <laughs> yeah any any uh big plans for thanksgiving nope super simple just gonna be heading back home i think mother's got some food ready and i'll take the leftovers home <laughs> mm, nice Nice. I think that's my plan as well. So we'll go to so, mom and dad's. Somebody did give me um, over the winter an, an indoor uh, fryer. So I'm going to have to try to figure that out maybe when the yeah. birds go on sale mm. for a little bit less than where they're at right now. But yeah. But have um, you deep fried a turkey before? I have. Yeah. But I've, I've always done it outside yeah. um, over like propane <laughs> flame and everything. Yeah. So this yeah. is inside electric, and I'm like, oh, I don't know about mm-hmm. this. Probably just yeah. to set it and forget it kind of thing. I yeah, hope so. Yeah, we'll see. It's kind of like an indoor fryer like you'd use for fries or whatever. It's just just big. Larger. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Always nice. measure. What's the word? I forget the word. Water displacement, maybe. Is that the word? Yes, the displacement before you. Yeah. Yeah. They say you that. put your turkey in there, <laughs> fill it with water. Uh-huh. And then mark it. You yep. take the turkey out and then mark the the Correct. level. And then, and then pour the oil to that level. Put the oil into that level. <laughs> Not yeah. the previous level. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> then, then, you, then you get flames. Flames. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good question. What's your favorite uh, way to prepare turkey? And you know what I mean? Uh, I definitely fry it. Deep fry yeah. it. Fry it. Yeah. Deep fry it. Because it just keeps it. It keeps it sears the outside and keeps all the moisture in, and you know I think otherwise it's so easy to over overcook a turkey and dry it out, and yeah. and I think with a deep fryer 
you you put all that moisture back into it. You hold all that moisture in it. The only so. comparable one has been uh, smoked smoked turkey. That's I smoked a chicken a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and it was delicious. So I'm like, yeah. I'm I might may like get the turkey on the on sale and thaw it out. The, the, the bird might find its way to the the smoker. The, the smoker, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. No regrets. Now, do you do you put stuffing in the cavity or not? I'm not. I'm a no stuffing in the cavity. Especially if I'm frying it. There's no oh, yeah. Way. No, no. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but maybe afterwards, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. F- uh, favorite dessert for Thanksgiving? I hate. Um, what's your favorite question? So I'm going to ask you uh, what's your favorite dessert so or this favorite is like, pie? This is like the, oh, my gosh. This is, yeah. You'd, probably, you'd rather give situational questions like, would you eat an ant on your pumpkin pie or? <laughs> Why is my aunt on her pumpkin pie? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you mean yeah. aunt, not aunt. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't you always say aunt? Sorry. My bad. Oh, yeah. Of course. We always say aunt <laughs> in Bakken's. <laughs> yeah. We have gone completely off the rails. It's but in, anyways, favorite dessert? Mm. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, pumpkin pie is just so darn good. This time of year. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I think I'm gonna make a pumpkin pie this year. I've got uh I've got all the ingredients to make a pie a pumpkin pie. Nice. So, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. So after we have had comatose and all the tryptophan that we could ever desire or hope for, uh, then we mm-hmm. wake up next weekend and we do this advent thing. <laughs> purple. Here comes the purple. That's purple, right. purple, exactly. pink, purple. Yay. Do you do you have your advent wreath all fluffed out? You ready? <laughs> you and the I, priest I at your you and your priest at your rectory doing <laughs> advent traditions like caroling down the bells every every <laughs> I have no idea what if it's up to you Father should, Ambrose and you I. You should actually talk to the people that you live with. You know that, right? <laughs> I know, I know. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Oh well, it'll be fun. I can we'll only tell you what I have, only because you will laugh. Um, I went to the store and I saw a little Christmas tree, and it had like twenty-five little boxes, right? And mm-hmm. they were all like in all around and shaped like a tree. So the whole boxes are just shaped like a tree. And, and my thought was, oh, that looks so neat. And then, and then the reason why I really bought it was, oh, I want to, I want to teach you in Brooklyn how to do uh, treats every day of Advent. Oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I think you would laugh on that. Oh, you're terrible. There I'm like to be saying, Brooklyn, we're going to the Christmas tree. She's going to get a little treat every day of Advent. Oh, she's excited. I, I was fully expecting you to say it was a mini bottle of booze underneath each no. one of those doors. No so. way. No way. That's not enough when I have a whole bottle right next that, to it. <laughs> that's true. So Advent is a time of preparation, a time of preparing for the birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had some thoughts, but... Uh, is it a penitential season? Question mark. <laughs> yes. Hence we wear purple. Yeah. And we hang up Christmas lights? Question mark. Okay, I'm not going to fight that battle. I'm getting into everything. I'm getting I'm not going to fight that battle. I don't really care about that one. I'm going to beat you already. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, do I hang up Christmas lights? I doubt it. And and Father Kyle, is there a Santa Claus? I'm going all the way. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, he lives underneath the ice shelf at the North Pole. Don't <laughs> everybody knows that? But Christmas can't be real because the elf on the shelf hasn't gone to the right place yet. <laughs> uh, I we that's that's one I'm glad we never did as a kid. Well, I I, I was probably it was long after no. I was a kid. So. <laughs> so isn't that fascinating? How we have so many like traditions, I guess. Pseudo-religious traditions. Once Thanksgiving hits, you have these weird traditions and beautiful, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe some awkward ones like, you know, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation or whatever, you know. Okay. Okay. You know, but it's just, it's just like, I'm always fascinated that at least during this time of the year, people are all about traditions and then they hate tradition the rest of the year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like they don't want to be pinned down by anything of a cultural like tradition ever. And yet the grand majority of at least Americans and, you know, still have some underpinnings of things they do, but it's disconnected from the reason for doing it. That's what I'm trying to, to really say at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. it's like people put up Christmas lights and I'm like, so you come into church, you're going to celebrate Jesus. And they're like, why would I do that? Why would we do that? Yeah. I'm like, you decorated yeah. your whole freaking house. Okay. <laughs> like, come to church. That's right. Like, <laughs> this is why we do this. <laughs> um, and I think it's, I, it, I don't know. They take those traditions and they kind of, maybe mm, it's about the self or I don't know what it is. It's my, uh, do you, uh, uh, so a guy I know, I, you, I don't know, you probably know him. Do you know Matt Swaim? It's on Sacred Art Radio. Oh, yeah. Sunrise Morning Show. Yeah, the Sunrise Morning Show. This is not, if they want to sponsor us, that'd be great. They probably want us to sponsor them. Anyways. I don't don't know why they would ever sponsor us. (laughs) I don't know either. (laughs) I don't think they want any traffic to go towards this. Not this train wreck of an episode. (laughs) But his point is that when, as as we've moved religiosity out to the fringes, Mm -hmm. people will start to celebrate anything. So, mm-hmm. so I think it's, it's this inner sense of religiosity that we have, Okay. you know, you know, so Augustine's great line, you have made us for ourselves and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So we have this inner sense of needing to have these routines and uh, rhythms and, um, ritual almost because we we're a ritualized people, but as we've moved religion further afield, uh, our culture is replacing those things with the pseudo religious trappings. So we have a feast day every day of the year for, Oh, it's national hot dog day. It's national whatever day. It's national donut day. It's a chili cheese dog day, whatever it is. You, all of those pseudo religious sort of celebrations are replacing actual religious celebrations. And so the rituals of even just decorating your house you know, the the trappings are still there, but the underpinnings have simply have simply been lost. Do you think that's the time to have those conversations? You know about you know it's the question because uh, my my knights of Columbus, you know, they're very subtle in the way they do things. So <laughs> they just said uh, we're going to give everybody these these uh, cards that say "Keep Christ in Christmas." In Christmas, <laughs> yeah, very subtle, very. Subtle. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. How's that working? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We've gained no one into the church by it. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's just pissed off that you're pushing Christmas and Jesus. Yeah. 
you're pushing know, Jesus, sounds weird. Jesus on Christmas. Whoa. Yeah. But Ooh, how dare you? I know, but it's just like that is really where we're at is like how to really engage that conversation. I think in a thoughtful way, like a question would be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, why do you like coming here to see all these Christmas lights on display every yeah. year with your kids and yeah. your family and your friends? And yeah. you say, well, you know, it's, it's to be grateful for something. It's to, you know, teach my kids to have some, you know, idea of what, life is like or something or or maybe it is just as simple as we like to see the lights mm-hmm. yeah and then it's like okay well could you draw them into something deeper like well what about the darkness and the light and the contrast you know what's so powerful about that yeah you know in, instead you know we're just kind of disgruntled catholics going well, Jesus isn't in Christmas anymore. <laughs> this sucks. Yeah. This bah sucks. humbug, well, huh? Bah. To use the word. But, <laughs> but it, so then if you're complaining about that, but then you're also giving into all the secular trappings of Christmas that happens these days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you able to complain about that? You know, it's like, are you complaining that Jesus has gotten moved away from Christmas, but I don't do anything for Advent? Mm-hmm. You know, am, am I taking that that penitential tone of Advent? It's not as serious as Lent, but it's it's a mini Lent. You know, so am I am I saving the Christmas parties until Christmas and not doing them all through Advent? I yep. say that guilty of our staff Christmas party is in Advent, yep. which yeah, exactly. will we'll, we'll change for next year. But um, um, are you are you like, do you keep your tree up until Epiphany? Do you do those little things where we're fighting against the culture in a in a positive way? You know, are you like I'm doing um, Exodus for Advent? You know, I'm, you it's mm-hmm. all those little things. You know, to to sacrifice and to make my heart ready for the coming of Jesus. You know, yeah. So. It's a good question. Yeah. How to engage in the world and not be of the world for mm-hmm. Christmas and Advent mm-hmm. can be a time to prepare ourselves for that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I love seeing the Christmas lights. I love doing it during Advent <laughs> and during Christmas. Yeah. I heard you were like a kid in a candy store oh. shopping for Christmas stuff the other day. One could describe me in that manner. <laughs> <laughs> and me, I'm like, there's gotta be someone around the parish that can decorate the house for Christmas. Right. Because I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, but then if you see me in an Apple electronics store versus you, yes, there's uh, a role reversal there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I'd be that's sitting there and be like, where's the exit? Because all these doors look like they're invisible. And I want one <laughs> to are. open so I can leave. <laughs> Please. You're terrible. You're terrible. <laughs> and you're sitting there going, wow. <laughs> we all got our things, you know. <laughs> For real. For real. <laughs> I love it. No. Well, have we talked well, uh, long enough about these beautiful uh, seasons greetings? <laughs> uh, possibly, perhaps, perchance. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back in two weeks. I, I think we'll have some um, uh, big news to share in two weeks. The final draft of the Families of Parishes for the Archdiocese will be announced That's on right. December December 5th. Yeah. Ooh, buddy. Wait. Wait. 
<laughs> we wait. We wait two more weeks, and yep. we'll find out what what's happening. If we're staying the same, if we're doing going somewhere new or whatever's happening, yeah, mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. It will be a big day uh, for the Archdiocese yeah. of Cincinnati and for Archbishop Schnur. So, um, yeah, pray that decisions have been. I mean, I know they've been consulting all this time, right? And so, yeah. yeah it's just a difficult decision that needs to be made. But from his recent interview on uh, Catholic uh, Sacred Heart Radio, he makes it very clear that priests are administrating more than they are ministering. Yeah. And we can't have that if we want to have a faithful and vibrant church. Yeah. We need priests who aren't managers, but ministers. <laughs> yeah. And sharing the gospel and thought word and deed and not just uh, managing others. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of things that the lay people can do better than we can do. Yeah, but we can't, we also can't forget Jesus is the king and we participate in his kingship in a very particular way as we administer the task responsible that have been assigned to us, that we participate in Jesus, the kingship. So, you know, going back to the Christ the King. Yeah, it's today. always confusing yeah. for me when the bishop, who is the supreme authority in the diocese, says to let the laity do it, and then a local mm-hmm. priest says, "I'm not going to let the laity do it." <laughs> Are you because throwing me under the isn't bus? A, isn't yeah. a priest a servant to the bishop and what his idea? Yeah, is of that triple munera office in his local diocese. Yeah. And you should be able to talk to your bishop about those differences, huh? And say, "Hey, buddy, I I don't see this this way," and you know, yeah. have a frank conversation with your yeah. local ordinary about that. But if that bishop is guiding you, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it's true. But then, when something goes wrong and the lay administrator oh, oh, administrator yeah. does something goofy. He's not calling the lay administrator. He's calling the pastor. And maybe that's what we need to change. <laughs> no, no, no. You call him. No, if we want it to call be a co, if we want it to be a co-responsibility church, yeah, then it should have more numbers than just the pastor's number. Yeah, that's true. And there should be some type of an oath of fidelity, or some type. Oh, of I'd be all about that. Given, given to yeah. the the minister and the business manager, that it's not just a business deal, but it actually is a connection yeah. to the bishop. Yeah, but I'd be all about again, that. That's me thinking. <laughs> you rebel, you going to get on December the fifth. <laughs> all right. Well, whew, we uh, we we dipped a toe into the in the <laughs> into the waters into the waters. I guess into the stormy waters that are awaiting us. But it'll be good. Christ is in charge. Jesus is in charge of His church. He is remaining faithful to us, and. Mm-hmm. and calls us to a faithfulness to him. Amen. Amen, brother. All right. God bless everybody. We'll talk to you again in two weeks and uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great start of Advent. Uh, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight sure. his paths. Amen. Amen. What Now, Jesus? is a podcast produced by Father Kyle Schnippel and Father David Dosek. Any views and ex- opinions expressed are solely our views and opinions and do not reflect those of our diocese, of our church, uh, or anyone else besides those of us who are appearing on the podcast. God bless.